Today we conclude our series based out of the book Gentle and Lowly. I hope you have felt over this series that you've seen again who Jesus is, who his, his, his heart is, his love, his grace, his mercy, and that has restored your soul and given you rest. And today we're going to look at his love and how his love never ends, it's limitless. So we're gonna look at the story of the Last Supper in John chapter 13. So let's look at John 13, uh, beginning at verse one. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus loved his disciples to the end. We're going to look at what that means for us today. Can you remember when you went to senior school, you know, when you were 10, 11, and the first friend that you made in senior school? I do, it was Julie. Uh, turns out she lived about five minutes down the road from me. And uh, as we traveled to Croydon, we began to travel on the bus each day together, there and back, and we became the best of friends. We went through all those teenage kind of dramas about boys and clothes and music and we became Christians together. We, we believed in Jesus when we were both about 13 and we both got baptised and we thought we would be friends forever. But at the end of sixth form I stayed in London to train as a nurse and she went to a uni up north. And it became harder for us to maintain that friendship. You know, she would come back home in the holidays and I would be working. And within two or three years, we'd lost that closeness. Yeah, we visited each other over the following years a couple of times, but very quickly we drifted apart. It happens like that in friendships, isn't it? They end up just being a Christmas card or a like on Facebook. Our love always has limits, doesn't it? You know, sometimes it just comes down to what's convenient for us. And if we hit a difficult patch in a relationship, the person hurts us or disappoints us or betrays us, our love shrinks, doesn't it? And we can wake up one day and think, don't really even care about them anymore. But Jesus is not like that. He loves us to the end. His love is limitless. And we see that in this story 
of the Last Supper. Remember, this is a secret Last Supper. Um, we learn in Luke's gospel that the disciples were told to go and follow a man who was carrying a jar of water and he would take them to a room where they could prepare the meal. So there would have been no servants there. And it was servants in that culture who washed the feet of people as they arrived. This wasn't just kind of a luxury, an optional extra. It was fundamental to hospitality in that day. You would just arrive and someone would take your sandals off and wash your feet before you got on with the meal that you were going to have together. It was very normal for them. And it would have been obvious to the disciples as they sat around the table that, oops, this hasn't happened. And yet none of them volunteered to do it. Because if they'd have volunteered to do it, they would have been identifying themselves as maybe the lowest of the disciples and the most insignificant one. It's a bit like sometimes, you know, in offices, there's a hierarchy and it's only the junior or the intern that makes the tea for everybody. And, you know, maybe you'll go into the kitchen and surreptitiously make yourself a cup of tea. But you're not going to offer to make everybody a cup of tea unless you're really kind, because it kind of indicates your position in the team. And here, the disciples, none of them was going to break cover and wash each other's feet. And so Jesus offers to do this. This is a big deal. I mean, when John the Baptist first met Jesus and saw that he was the Lamb of God who take away the sins of the world, he says, I'm unworthy to even undo his sandals. He sees that even bowing before Jesus was just, you ju he just couldn't approach Jesus, let alone do something so menial like that. And Jesus in this passage, we see how intentional he is. He knows what's going to happen. He knows he is leaving this world. That means he knows he's going to die. He also knows that the Father has given all power to him. I think about that for the moment. He is the most powerful person under heaven. He is the most powerful person in the room. And yet it's him who takes off his jacket, rolls up his sleeves, pours the water and kneels before the disciples and one by one washes their feet. I wonder if part of why he chose to do it was to have that moment with each disciple where he looked them in the eye. Yeah, he didn't look down on them. He was looking up into their face as he washed their feet. Did his look to Judas plead with Judas, don't, don't do this. There, there'll be another way. Don't do this. As he, as he tried to wash Peter's feet and Peter kind of resisted, was he praying for Peter that he would stay strong, not end up denying him. Jesus in that moment is demonstrating not just his 
humility, his lowliness, his gentleness, but his deep love for each disciple. And his love is a love that will take him not just through doing this menial task, which is a bit yucky because, you know, feet can be smelly and dirty and kind of a bit gnarly and everything. You know, that to us, we might think, oh, that's a bit of an unpleasant task. But Jesus' love not just takes him through that, but his love is going to hold him to the path that he's on that will take him to the cross. That will take him through beatings and the crown of thorns and the nails and taking on his shoulders the sins of the world. His love held him on the cross. That was his motivation that he would go to the cross for these disciples in that room but for us, each one of us. You know, I know sometimes we feel we're not worthy of his love, don't we? We've, we've messed up, we've, we've broken promises, we've betrayed him, we've denied him, and yet these words say he will love us to the end. He still loves us, whatever we have done and whoever we are. Jesus' love held him on the cross and Jesus' love holds us in all that we face in our life. You know, John 10, uh, Jesus pictures himself as the good shepherd and he says this in John 10 uh, verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. And well, so we see that Jesus' love for us is a protective love. It, like the shepherd, he protects us from harm, from uh, you know, hunger, from the wolves. His love includes us. He, his love is the love of the shepherd who goes after the one sheep that has wandered far away and draws him or her back into the fold. So whatever you've done, whether you feel close to him or far from him, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus at some point in your life, if you've been adopted into his family, he is never going to let you go. He's never going to let anything or anyone snatch you out of his hand. Your spiritual future is secure because of his love. He will never, ever let you go. And he is determined that the process he has begun in you when you first put your faith in him, he will bring it to completion. He is the author and finisher of your faith. In Romans 8 verse 30, he talks about that process of salvation and it says this, those he predestined, he also called. 
and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. He's not going to give up on you. He's going to see it through. Now, that doesn't mean that we're robots and that we don't have free will and we can't, and that we can't disobey him or turn our back on him or walk away, but he will never give up on you. He will follow you. His Holy Spirit will work in your heart. He will never let you go. I hope that will encourage you. He is the one who has power over heaven and earth and he will never give up on you. And that's encouraging for us because sometimes we do feel far from him. Sometimes we even feel we've done something that means he has stopped loving us. Sometimes we think we've sinned in such a way that there's no going back. But Jesus' love will never give up on you. And it's also encouraging for uh, some of us who have friends and family members who once walked with Jesus and now are far away. It encourages us to keep praying for them because Jesus is praying for them. Jesus lives to intercede for everyone who is his child. He's never going to give up on us. Romans 8 goes on to say this in verse 32, talking about God. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. That's the promise that that he's going to keep loving us. He's going to keep graciously giving us good things. But it also goes on to say this, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, you know, all those bad things that sometimes do happen in our lives. As it is written, for your sake, We face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, Paul says, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from that love that held him on the cross, that holds us in life and that will hold us even in death. That's what this passage is saying. Even though he loves us and he's going to bless us and be with us, sometimes hard things will happen, but his love will be with us. You know, we don't often talk about death, do we? We don't like to talk about death. We fear that process. And in this chapter, chapter 13, where where Jesus is with his disciples, the fear of death is there in the room. It's in the background. They know that Jesus is going to die. 
He's told them that, but also they've seen through the questions and the accusations and the rumors that he's likely to die soon. The threat to his life is imminent. And for the disciples, that means that their lives are also under threat. Are they gonna be hauled in? Are they gonna be arrested? Are they gonna have to die? And Jesus, he's, he's trying to reassure you, I will love you to the end. In John chapter 14, he says, you know, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. He, he's saying that in death, he will be with you. That actually there is an eternity and he's going to prepare a home for us in eternity. We don't have to fear. But the disciples were. They were terrified. And you know, in, in church, you know, just over the last few weeks, we've had several families who've had to face tragic loss. And death doesn't just make us feel sad. We can feel angry and confused and think, why has God allowed this? And death is horrible. We, we, we should feel feelings like that because Death was never intended for this world. We, it is the result of the fall of sin, of the terrible attacks of the evil one. Uh, death is part of our life, isn't it? All of us here, unless Jesus returns again, will face death. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. He is the good shepherd who promises he will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And even in that shadow, when it's dark and we can't see him or feel him, his rod and his, his staff will be guiding and protecting us. And he will bring us through to eternal life, to a banquet, to a table set before us, to experiencing his love in a perfect way. He loves us perfectly, but we can't receive it perfectly, can we? Because we, we doubt, we feel guilty, we feel shame, there are barriers. And one day we will just soak up that love perfectly, forever. That love will never end. Our experience of that love will be for eternity if we've put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You know, the disciples on that night that Jesus washed their feet, they all ran. Those feet took them away, either into betrayal or denial or just fear of death. They ran and Jesus knew that would happen. But after Jesus had been raised and they'd seen him and they'd touched the wounds and they'd eaten with him and they saw he truly was the resurrection and the life and they experienced the inflowing of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, those same disciples with their feet, they stood up and they declared the good news of Jesus and they walked miles to tell people that Jesus is alive and he offers forgiveness and hope. They found hope themselves. 
They were no longer scared of death. Every one of them around that table was willing to die for Jesus after they received the Holy Spirit. And many of them faced terrible deaths. They stood up and said, I will not back down. I will follow Jesus because he holds my life. In death, he loves me still and he will bring me through to eternity. What an amazing promise. He loves us to the end. In conclusion, though, I want to go back to the table. Jesus washed their feet. He demonstrated in amazing ways how gentle and lowly and humble he was. He showed his love. He looked them in the eye. But later in the meal, he also, he, he, he continued to demonstrate his love. He took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is like my body that's going to be broken for you because I love you. He took the wine and he took it and he said, this is like my blood that's going to be spilt that you might receive forgiveness. And today, if we're, as we're meeting in person, we're going to break bread. We're going to remind ourselves again of his wonderful love for us, his love that held him on to the cross, his love that holds us in life and will hold us even through death. If you're watching online, then just take some moments to reflect on his great, unending love for you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we are so thankful that you are the kind of saviour that is gentle and lowly, that your love for us is eternal, that your love never ends, that your love will go on eternally. There is no limit to it. Right now, we ask, Holy Spirit, come and pour that love into our hearts again, that we may rejoice in the love of Jesus. Amen.